welcome to another episode of Conversation with the Chef. I'm Jo Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the land where this conversation takes place, and I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today I'm chatting to Hugh Sanderson from Custodian Kitchen in Moorabbin and Bar Savarin in Cheltenham. I first met Hugh when I was writing about Bar Savarin, a very lovely wine bar which he recently opened with a gun hospo crew, all Southside stars in their own right. I love the way Hugh talked then about the idea behind Savarin, which comes from the French writer of gastronomy, Jean-Briard Savarin, who said, to invite people to dine with us is to make ourselves responsible for their well-being for as long as they're under our roof. That lovely idea of hospitality is super present amongst the team, and I really wanted to hear more from Hugh. The team have been waiting for a liquor license for months so that they, they can open four nights a week instead of just the one, as they've been doing. And Hugh and I discussed that in the chat the other day. Literally, the next day, I saw on Instagram that the license has come through and Severin is able to operate in all its glory. I'm so happy for them and I'm happy that Hugh is feeling better because, as is the way these days, our first attempt at a conversation had to be postponed because he'd succumbed to the spicy cough. There is so much for people in hospitality to consider now more than ever and I'm grateful to Hugh for his generosity in sharing where he's at now as well as his story. So I guess my, like my, um, my symptoms were fairly mild, really. Yeah. Um, I haven't lost taste or smell, which is like mm-hmm. great because yes. our chef did. Um, that would be terrible as a chef. I, I, I think you just rely on it so much. Like I can't, I can't imagine. There was the one thing I was like, if I get COVID, please don't let me have lose that. My partner, she, she lost hers Monday. Um, and so she can taste like a few things here and there, but it's very muted. Um, How long does that take until it comes? I don't know. Out? I don't know. I mean, she, she, she's kind of like, look, you can retrain. So she gave, she gave our chef like a few pointers on how to like retrain because she does a lot of stuff around that area. So she kind of knows what to do. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, smelling like oranges and lemons and um, you know onions and all that kind of thing. So yeah, right. Um, yeah, but anyway, so no, but uh, look, other than that good i think i you know i was fairly unscathed as far as covid goes really yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's i mean like you know it's it's crazy to think that we've spent two years trying to do everything we can to dodge it and now we sort of have no choice it's just like i saw like some there. kind of viral video on tiktok about this guy going you know <laughs> what did we just spend the last two years for I, yeah but, yeah we're, 
what's happened to COVID? <laughs> yeah. No one talks about it. I know. I mean, I appreciate. I mean, I appreciate what we did and no, how absolutely. it was, and absolutely. You know, it's and I I understand that, but it's just you know here we are now, and it's like oh, I have had that thing that I tried I so hard not to get. Exactly right. Um, you know, and and then suddenly after two or two and a half years, or just over two years, like was the first time it affected the business as well. Ah. I was like it affected Savern earlier on in the year because like some of the guys got it then yeah. um, and then but it's the first time you know like we stayed open all through COVID you know we did takeaway and we were doing deliveries of fruit and vegetables and meat and yeah. you know we sort of did what we could do but it was it never never shut us down yeah. um, and then yeah last week we sort of just went to like takeaway only but like sort of even more restricted than what we did oh wow yeah because we were just sort of like down and we just like you know we didn't want to affect any other staff and wanted to make sure our customers were safe and yeah anyway that's the reality of it, isn't it? And that's why, I mean, I just keep seeing these really great businesses shutting down. You know, Anchovy, the latest one. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I just think, oh, yeah. Okay. And um, what was another one I thought that really surprised me? I mean, she'll do something else, and she's got the beautiful Barn Me place. But, um, yeah, yeah, you know, and maybe it was time anyway. But, um, you know, I think it's forced a lot of people's hands, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm so thankful we're in the suburbs and not... You know, not the CBD. It's I. I would hate to see what it would be like to be in business in the CBD. Yes. Um, you know, I think if you're the big boys, you'd be okay. You know, yeah. you, you've got reputation to rely on and uh, and things. But yeah, I would hate to be a cafe or, or something or a new business in the CBD. But, but think, I'm fascinated because yeah. there are new businesses yeah. opening and yeah. you know that I've written about yeah. and into openings. But as you say, they are the big boys. So yeah. her and. Um, I went to Connie's Melbourne, which is yep. say people that have got Bar Margo and the yep. Italy and so on. Yeah. And um, but even walking into those launches down Swanston Street, there are places where there are queues down the road, but they're yeah. like um, more sort of Asian places. And yeah. I was just like, oh, well, yeah. So what's going on there? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I agree. I was in the city. Cool. I was in the city a couple of weeks ago, and the same thing. I was like, I don't even like. It's such a different. And I mean, I worked in the city for fifteen odd years, mm. and then step out of it for five or six and then come back and it's just it's like the city I remember but then it's not there are so many you know up the the top end um like the sort of the between Williams and King and and that Mm. end um like there was all these new arcades and like hotels and things that I'd never with like last time I was there it was nothing it was just you know there was what businesses were there and that was kind of it so you know, and it's, I mean, we're, I mean, we were the same with Severin. I mean, we were like, we don't want to back down to COVID. No. I, but that was my, that was my attitude. It's like, well, you know, it's not, you know, I don't, it's, you know, we've got dreams, we've got passions, I and mean, there's things we want to do, you know, like, we're not, we're not going to stop because of that. It's yeah. been difficult. Yeah. Um, it was a very interesting December and January. Um, but... You know, it's sort of, in some ways, it kind of feels like we're coming out the other side now. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Regardless of knowing how many, you know, cases we had today and, you know, how many people have COVID, I think everyone's just still just kind of get on with it to the best they can do, really. Well, everyone's tired. People are tired. The idea of that whole lockdown and everything just makes our soul shrivel, I think. So, um, hopefully there's no going back to that. But, um... But I don't think there's, you can't downplay that sort of latent exhaustion that no, people exactly. had from being so yeah. tense all the yeah. time and, yeah. you know, um, and being a teacher as well, sort of seeing yeah. that we're still in that sort of cycle of 
kids being away or staff yeah. being away for yeah. days. And, yeah. Actually, um, I read today that like some schools have had to go back to remote learning because so many teachers have been knocked out. So it's just, I mean, I guess it's, I mean, I don't, I guess at this point, nothing would surprise us, right? If it's, no. if you go back to takeaway or if you go back to remote learning or if you go back from, you know, from the office to suddenly working at home, I mean, it's just kind of, yeah. You know, I mean, people joke, don't they? They kind of joke about, um, oh, let's just have a mini lockdown so we can have a break. <laughs> because it is, it is quite hectic. It's the, it is. It's a hectic energy Yeah, well. it's an interesting... And it's, you know... I mean, I think, I think lockdowns took their toll on everybody mentally as well. You know, it's not... I, I think, you know, Easter was really... Easter and the last Christmas... Sorry, the last school holidays were quite an interesting... Um, time because it was the first time that there were no restrictions and everybody could go away you know you could get on a plane and you could visit family wherever you could go to Queensland you could sit in the sun whatever it might be and there was sort of no fear of um you know no fear of lockdowns or getting stuck somewhere or um you know and so there was that it was probably the first break that everyone had really had and it was probably now everyone's suddenly caught up on everybody everyone's like wow we literally even though we were in lockdown for two years we probably didn't stop you know we didn't really take holidays and you know we put money into the house and renovations or whatever it might be but it's not it's not the same thing Mm. really um yeah and then yeah we sort of saw it you guys opened a bar and we opened a bar but you know like but we saw you know but we saw we saw the celebrations of coming out of lockdown we saw people being like oh my god we can catch up with friends we can go and you know like all the people that we haven't been able to see we can you know we might not be able to do it at home yet or we you know it's it's we can go to a restaurant we can go to a bar we can go to a cafe it's not a park and a picnic or you know it's yeah. not my bubble buddy it's kind of yeah. it's the greater it's the it's you know it's the ones that we sort of have missed yeah. um and so that was that was a really great thing to see as well yeah, amazing. That's right. Yeah. I love seeing um, on your Instagram, um, is it Evan that runs that? Yes, it is. Yeah. So he's yeah. very clever. It's, yeah. the, it's very funny, the little um, uh, quips that he has on yeah. there. But just the responses that people... Yeah. I mean, I guess that's people in the neighbourhood or your friends or whatever, think, but it just, it's just really lovely. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, I don't lovely. know. It's, it's an interesting... I think you sort of become connected to some customers because, you know, you sort of you know you get to know them and you sort of you know your regulars you sort of form these little little friendships and then you know people start like really like rooting for you they yeah. really want to like you know see you succeed and they you know they see other successes that we have in the business and then they're like oh my god that's great you know we you know we've sort of known about it we think you totally deserve this and you know so it's yeah well, we, have, we have a cafe in the bottom of our apartment building and I think it's that thing of when you go every day and get a coffee and the people are really nice and they remember your name and they ask mm. about things and you make that bond then yeah you you feel and that's why I think that's what hospitality should be that you yeah. feel um appreciated by them yeah. and you feel a bit special yeah. and you know you're um you're spending money but you're still like eating and drinking yeah. with them and so yeah. on and I think that that's um, that's what you hope for, especially in a local yeah. like um, Severin and here in Custodian. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's look. I mean, it comes back to to Severin, I guess. You know, and and how I look at. I mean, if I'm going to be sort of talk about myself and, yes. and the businesses, like I, I've always, you know, the, Severin's quote about sort of welcoming a guest into your business, and you know, you're sort of you are responsible for their wellness, um, or sorry, their happiness and, and well being. You know, while in your care. It just, it's always, you know, as soon as I heard it, you know, 15 odd years ago, it sort of was like, you know what, that's, that's what I want. You know, that's what I expect. Mm. Um, Don't always get it, but Mm. I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a lovely thing to have someone 
feel that when they come into your business. Yeah. You know, um, some some people don't necessarily want it, and I think you need to be able to recognise the people who just want the transaction, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it just gives that it's that little bit extra on top, and that's sort of where the name, like with Savran and, and his quotes, sort of came from it. And here, like our you know the cafe, like our our um, catchphrase, if you will, is keepers of our trade. Oh, that's nice. Um, and we were sort of really about you know that um, old style service where you know we show that we care you know where there's a little bit of a bit more attention than what you would expect when you come to a cafe mm. um, and I think that's sort of our um, you know I, I think we really sort of try and pride ourselves on that you know we we try and impart that with our staff as well um, you know and it's not that you don't get to have fun I mean it's about sort of um, getting to see and you know sort of I guess you just sort of get to know everyone on a deeper level customers as well and your staff it's mm. yeah it's it's really quite a lovely thing but I think that I mean surely that's why people get into hospitality it doesn't always seem that that's the case yeah. in some venues but yeah. um yeah I was sort of interested to know uh how you got into it in the start sure. and yeah. um yeah. and I was reading I was reading a little Q&A that you did in 2013 in The Australian. And oh, so God, I wondered, is that still around? Some of wow, your ideas that used to be on my CV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just saying how your grandmother kicked everything off. Exactly, it's true, yeah. Yeah, I, it's, you know, we, um, we grew up with that sort of always the Sunday roast at grandma's house, you know, and she would make everything from scratch. She'd make her own bread. You know, I always remember staying there as kids and, you know, she that fresh loaf of bread to come out in the morning, and there'd be but you know, like lashings of butter. It was always just like it, it always just stuck with me as this. You know, she sort of cooked. It was it was what she did. Um, you know, she worked for the CWA, and um, you know, she was always really involved in the church and always baking stuff. And there was always like rock cakes, which I don't even really know what they are. I think they're scones with fruit and maybe <laughs> yeah. some maybe some dried fruit. I don't know, but to us they were called rock cakes. Maybe yeah. that's just stuck because they were. I don't know, dry scones or something. But, no, there is a um, thing, but I don't... Yeah, I might have to look up a CWA cookbook and have a look. <laughs> but, um, you know, there was, there was always that... You know, she, she always loved cooking. And I, there's just something happened one day, and I must have been sick, and then I was watching Jeff Jantz on TV in the early 90s or something or other, and I just was like, you know what, I want to cook what he's just cooked. Um, I don't even know what it was. I remember it had a lot of cheese. Um, and... You know, and I guess I just, you know, that sort of, um, that sort of feeling of like those family meals and, you know, everything sort of just there and it was always delicious and, you know, it just kind of, that's where it started really. And it started, I would sort of start cooking at grandma's house, you know, when we were, you know, mum and dad were separated and so we'd be waiting for mum to come home and pick us up and we just, you know, I'd sort of cook once a week and then it just kind of grew from grew from there and in high school I think I decided that I was you know that was the path that I wanted to take so I did you know things that I would do to um to to do that after I wanted to finish year 12 I was very adamant to finish year 12 but I um, are you from Melbourne no I'm actually from uh, from Tasmania from oh, Hobart wow. yeah oh. so I think it was called um I think here it's called VCAL I believe but I think yeah. um yeah, it was vocational education and training or something um, and so, you know, we could do, um, we could study hospitality management and, and so I did my sort of first two years of my commercial cookery certificate in year 11 and year 12. Mm. Uh, and then knowing that I would leave and get an apprenticeship and become a chef. Mm. Uh, and so, 
you know, cooked all through high school. I, you know, I had I had kitchen hand jobs and you know cooked, you know, worked in in the cold larder and like different restaurants in Hobart and. Um, and were, were they obviously they were good good enough experiences for you to continue? But were they shouty chefs and? No, they, look, they weren't. I was. I've, it wasn't until I actually started my apprenticeship that I got into the shouty chefs, and even then they weren't. I was never. I've never sort of worked under. For like for sort of you know those that style of chef. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, look, I mean it's it's an interesting you know I yeah I I don't think it works personally. I think I think you can get a lot more out of people if you treat them with the respect that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we all I'm I'm not a yeller. I'm not a screamer. Um, you know I, I lose my temper occasionally, but it's not it's never berating or belittling or anything like that. It's not I I don't think that works. Um, but, yeah, you know, so these... Yeah, I mean, I worked with some colourful characters. Um, yeah, but it was... That was sort of... You know, I, I just planned my whole, my whole sort of, like, later teens knowing that I would become a chef. Um, and did you have, a, like, a planned trajectory, like, go overseas or become head chef? No, or... I actually... I never... Look, I never went overseas, um, for better or worse. I, I always knew that I wanted to own something, um, that was always the goal. And then I struggled to get an apprenticeship in Tassie, sort of, this is probably 2000. Um, so I just sort of worked a few jobs, got a job for like a couple of weeks at the Olympics, worked front of house at the Olympics at one of the big hotels there, sort of in a corporate thing. Um, and then at the end of 2020, got a job at the casino in Hobart as a first year apprentice. Uh, and so that was kind of, that was amazing for me because it had all these, you know, different outlets and had sort of fine dining and then it had, you know, the gaming floor and sort of, you know, buffets and had sort of so many different things. It was such a good, um, I felt like it was such a good place to start. Um, met my, at the time, girlfriend. We then moved to Melbourne. Um, and then that was sort of when it, that was sort of when it really sort of started a couple of years after I, I worked at a um, restaurant that's now not there anymore. It was... Um, it was called Lux. Um, mm. It was now Mr. Wolf um, mm. in St Kilda. And that was sort of the awakening. I, um, you know, I went there uh, in, as a third-year apprentice, I think, third year? Yeah. Um, and, you know, had never sort of been around food like that. I'd always been in hotels and, um, and done most of my time in that and it's only just to go to a restaurant where you just focus on one thing it was it was such an awakening you know it was all these different techniques and you know butchery that I'd never kind of come across and you know the head chef and the and the sous chef were just you know such good teachers you know trained in the head chef who's a very good friend of mine now and my mentor I suppose you know trained with Marco Pierre White and you know they'd come from like you know three hat restaurants in Melbourne and it was just this it's something I'd never really, I'd never seen before. And so I was just like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Mm. And so I worked with him um, for, quite, for quite a while. I sort of rose up the ranks through him and Who became... Was yeah, so it was Lee Dundas. Okay. Um, yeah, so again, really good friend. Yeah. And, you know, I became, I was his sous chef. Uh, again, back in a hotel, but more restaurant-focused hotel called The Royce, which was on Sakura Road. I don't know. I think it might have shut down during COVID. Um, but... You know, so I sort of worked my, my, my way up and became his sous chef. And mm. then, um, yeah, and then I was like, you know what, I think I need to sort of, you know, head out and, and try other things. So then um, did went back to restaurants, uh, worked for a year with the 
sous chef that I took over from um, under him as his sous chef. Uh, and then again, sort of learn a bit more about butchery and sort yeah. of just that. It's those sort of, you know, breaking down sides and, you know, how to truss and how to make sausages and all these things that you don't really see that often. Um, or that much anymore, anyway, terrines and, and things. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, went to Syracuse and then that was kind of where it, that was sort of where it started. I, I went there as the sous chef and used to run nights under the, and sort of, so worked under the head chef. Uh, then I left. It's a fun place. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, you know. It, it feels like a really fancy hotel foyer. Well, I it guess. used to be a hotel foyer. Oh, what's that? Yeah, back in, back, in the, back in the early, back in like the 1920s or something, the actual whole building was a hotel. I spoke to Philippa Sibley there when she was okay. a Okay, yeah, right, yeah. Um, it's actually just reopened as something else. I can't remember what it's called. Italian oh. guys that have 38 chairs in... Paran oh, yeah. have okay. opened oh, it. Um, okay. yeah. yeah, but it was it was the dining room was I loved it. I used to love yeah. it. It was such a lovely place, oh, and the guys, you know, the guys that owned it. Tiny kitchen though, right? Tiny. It was an elevator shaft. Yeah. It was literally like an elevator shaft. Philip took me out there, yeah. and I'm I'm going to show you what yeah. I was doing. I was yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> it, you know, but like it was it was amazing what you could what you could do out of that kitchen um, was. You know, it was amazing. That's why small kitchens don't bother me because I'm like, as long as you, as long as you know how to structure yourself around a small kitchen, you've got no issue, really. Um, storage was interesting, um, but yeah. So we, um, yeah, and then so I was, you know, was it was at Syracuse for a bit. Left for my first head chef job, which wasn't great, but then came back um, and was at Syracuse for sort of three just over three years as the head chef mm. um it was great you know it was sort of so is that more french style food there it was i'd i, I guess so i'd sort of call it more modern, modern european yeah. whatever you want to sort of say you know we sort of, I, I have a i have a love for sort of asian flavors and i look i mean anything really i, I don't i don't think i can ever sort of you know there's just so much amazing food out there and yeah, flavors and cuisines that like you sort of i don't really want to deny anyone Thing. Um, and you're at Seamstress, so that's yes, Asian yeah, and that was that was Asian, yeah, yeah, that was sort of more straight down the line Asian fusion, I suppose. I, it was there for I was I think I was only there for eight, eight or nine months. I oh. found that there was a I had some personal things going on. That, you know, it was it was an interesting and difficult time. Okay. Um, and so that was sort of when I had after that sort of that time at Seamstress, I decided to step away from from that stuff, the nights, and just kind of move into cafes and just have a bit of a try and get a bit of a balance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, in the back of my mind, I'd always had, you know, I, I mean, I love cafes and I love the interaction with customers. And, you know, I find that I'm sort of, I spend a lot more time at the front than I do in the kitchen these days. Um, but in the back of my mind, there was always this wine bar pool. There was that yeah. sort of that, it was like a, I don't know, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say I never looked at it like through rose-coloured glasses, but there was always just like this such a strong appeal about just the fun and the and the atmosphere that you can that you have in a wine bar. It's it's relaxed. It's you know it's 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 fun, um, and I, and I miss the ingredients and the you know and like the ability to kind of do small things that are a bit more intricate and um, and so there was always that pullback. And I kind of deep down I was always like, yep, yeah, it's going to happen one day. There's going to be Nights will come back into play somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um, oh, and then the serendipity of 
it's, I mean, it was, you know. I love yeah, that. I love yeah. that story. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, you know, that it started with a conversation with Dennis and Liz and then, you know, sort of Chris came into it and then Evan just kind of happened to be like, wait, hang on, I hear this. I've got here. I love the idea of what you're doing. What do you, th- like, you know, what do you think? And it just mm. kind of grew from there. And how do you manage two businesses, though? That's a lot. It's, look, it's, it's, it is a lot. It's, it's harder, it's, it's harder than I thought in some ways. Um, this, the, this persistent liquor license issue that should be fixed soon um, has made it harder because it's sort of like Severin's never been able to have its like a proper go at it. Yeah. You know, once a week is not, is not sort of what we want to do, obviously. No. But it's, you know, it's hard. We, we can't sort of set systems in place in stone that, you know, this is how it should be done. No one has sort of muscle memory of like, you know, it's, it's not a smooth service. It's, it's great and it runs well. But I think until we're doing our four nights, it's Absolutely. not, it's, you know, it's, it's not, it hasn't had a chance to find its feet properly. Mm. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's an interesting juggle at the moment. I kind of, there are days and weeks where I feel like I'd give neither place the attention that it needs. I'm lucky that I have a really amazing crew at Custodian. Mm. You know, Jerry's a great partner and our chef is, you know, I know that she has my back. Um, and, you know, and I worked hard to kind of get everybody or you know get it to a place where I could be like okay I'm going to step back a little bit because I knew that I'd be doing this um and that for the most part has worked um but I, I think once we're doing I sort of I guess I have an idea in my mind of how we can kind of set both places up so that I have the ability to come and go a little bit um but I don't think it's ever going to be easy I don't think I never expected it to be easy I mean having one business is never easy that's you know Every time you think you settle into something uh, like this new routine, someone's like, I can't do this anymore. And you're like, okay, all right, yeah. back to the drawing board, you know. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, it's, uh, again, I think it just comes back to once we're all, once Severin's sort of doing what it needs to do, it'll be a lot easier to manage. Yeah. You know. And, um, and it's sort of back, back to the Frenchy-style food with yeah. local produce, yeah. which is lovely. Yeah, yeah. I, and, again, you know, like, I've... A lot of the suppliers we use, I've I've sort of had relationships with for you know for years. I mean, it, you know, for Flinders and Co, I've I've been using them for you know they were they were newish. I think they're just you know they, and it happened with a conversation. I wanted I wanted some wallaby, and I, the my meat supplier at the time was like, look, we can get it to you, but it usually goes to New South Wales. Give this guy a call because they do wallaby from Flinders Island. And I'm like, okay, great. And the next day. James Madden, the guy who is, you know, started up Flinders and Co. with his dad, was in Syracuse with Wallaby, all these different Wallaby samples. Yeah, amazing. You know, and they've grown into this. You know, they've, I mean, they've, they've done it hard as well with COVID, mm. and you know, and not obviously they service restaurants more than the cafes, but you know, like we get our meat from them, and it's great. You know, I mean, you know, the guys are, you know, it's, it's just, I guess you kind of had that opportunity to use the people that you want to use, knowing that you have access to the products that they have because it's the quality or it has a bit of a story or it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit special. You know, yeah. we got another guy that I used to use who used to buy sort of, you know, French mushrooms and truffles and things who I hadn't used much because, you know, in a cafe, I can't use truffles, I can't yeah. use caviar. But as soon as we did Sabrin, I'm like, I know that he's got amazing tin sardines and tin anchovies. I know he can get me caviar and, you know, things that, things that I've been wanting, you know, the things that I've missed, the, the sort of that, the little thing that was burning in the back of my mind that was 
in a wine bar, you get to kind of have these things again. And yeah, yeah. so that's the appeal. So it seems like you do, but do you get, do you still get excited about planning dishes? I do. I, it's, uh, I do. I do. And it's, you know, some dishes can plague me for months. They can it just be an idea that I can never get out of my head. It just takes forever. And then some things would literally just be, oh, that's in season. Before I even realise that there's a whole dish there ready to go. Yeah. Um, and do you have cookbooks or you look at um, other people's look, stuff? I, or I mean, look. Just repertoire. And it's, look, it's a bit of everything. It's a bit of experimentation. It's a bit of what can I do with that that's, you know, that's not that's not what people might expect you know I'm not that I and I never want food to be inapproachable I don't want anyone to be like that's too scary for me to try I don't think that's what Savarin ever set out to be I don't think that's what Custodian ever set out to be um you know but it's you know if we have the word beecher on the menu it might not be how you would expect it to be you know or so it's sort of about trying to find a bit of a fun or a bit of a play on something as well you know we have on the, we have a mushroom parfait on the menu at, at Savarin, which was literally just, um, you know, just kind of a thought about, well, can I, you know, can I make a mushroom parfait, like pâté, same style that you would a duck pâté or a chicken pâté, but make it with mushrooms. Mm. Yeah, so we're exactly the same, doing exactly the same thing, just it's vegetarian, um, definitely not vegan. Um, but, you know, it, it's amazing. But then we garnish it with like this sherry honeycomb. So make honeycomb but instead of using honey as the as sort of like the main flavor we just substitute with golden syrup and sherry vinegar and it's just kind of like this little sweet crunch of a garnish you know and it's it's just a little simple you know simple thing that i don't want to like i don't want to sort of push it in people's face to the point where they're like that sounds really weird and i don't think that i want to have this dish because that sounds too confronting it's just that twist on a play it's like a like a little twist on something that's you know, everybody knows, there just kind of comes this little nice garnish that, like, adds to the dish. So, um, yeah, you know, and that kind of just started as a, I wonder if I can do it. And so quite quite often I just find myself in the kitchen just being, I, this this is really funny, I, I love recipes. I think they are the, it's the key to consistency and quality, which is what I base the businesses on. But I was never taught with recipes. I was always shown how to do something and, yeah, right. yeah. you know, that was it. But I cook without recipes. So I just make, I just do it and mm. then be like, okay, do I need to add this? Do I need to do that? How does this taste? Whatever. But then I have to separate myself back again and be like, okay, well, I did this much and I did this much and I have to write it all down because I think it's one thing for me to be able to do it, but... Everybody needs to be able to do it because there's no point having a dish on the menu if only one person can cook that dish. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's not that's not how things should be. It should be that everyone should be able to be comfortable enough. And obviously I'll be like, okay, this is how we do it and show them the first time. But it should never be a, that's too scary for me to try and cook. Mm. I won't do it. I'll just leave it for him to cook. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's sort of where it... Some, like I said, some things are really easy and just sort of happen and then others just will haunt me for you know for, for ages it'll just you know and I'll just it'll literally just be that I'm like I know what I want to do and I can almost visualize something yeah but I just have no idea quite well, it, what it's going to be all yet. looks amazing on Instagram like yeah thinking, you, I do yeah. want to come back over when yeah um, when there are more nights to choose you from. Know, look, <laughs> you know, but, and that's you know and that's it and like people say that to me all, all the time and it's you know I get it like it's great that we can do the one night and it's so much fun 
but you know it's also hard for us because we're trying to push a whole week's worth of sort well, of yeah. everything into one That's night right. and that it it, it it gets pretty crazy, you know. I think doing the four nights, it'll spread out a little bit. We'll all relax. Yeah, that's right. Because we're not trying to be, you know, this nervous ball of excited energy that is like, oh, my God, we've got, like, 40 people coming in and we have to, you know, like, given the best that we can give, we can kind of relax. and be, We can be in our space and really get to enjoy our space for what mm. it is. And I yeah. think also, just as a, as a final question, yeah. I think you've really found your space now and, and know what you need to do for you within this um, hospitality yeah. arena. What would you be your advice to someone who wants to become a chef now? Look, I think, I think do it. I think, I think it's a really lovely time to be a chef because I think, you know, there's, it, it's not the most glamorous trade, but I think we're, a lot of us are doing it for ourselves. A lot of us are opening our own businesses and so I think for someone who is coming into it new, you have there's opportunities now to work for people who have seen seen the scary bad side of it come out and been like, this is not how it should be. It should be more about balance. It should be more about enjoyment. It should be more about the passion. And I think, you know, I think that that's that's really great as someone who is getting into cooking you know i mean you sort of i see i see there's not as many apprentices around and you know we relied on you know internationals and, and things but you know i every time you know we see students from the tafe or, or le cordon bleu come down you know it's it's a great thing to see this kind of like new these you know these new kids in their shiny new uniforms and you know um ready to face the world because it's great you know it, there's just there's so much there's so much good stuff happening and you know i think there's a lot more support and awareness for for the new generation coming through now um yeah i hope that answered the question absolutely (laughs) thank you no that's all right i feel like i just totally rambled so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Hugh Sanderson. If you want to experience all the greatness for yourself, which of course you do, you can check out Custodian Kitchen and Bar Savran. They're both on Instagram, at Custodian Kitchen and at bar.savarin and see all the beautiful food and ambiance. As for me, I'm also on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. And if you want to read the chat, you can head to www.conversationwithachef.com. I would absolutely love it if you told a friend about my chats. And of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great day.